Here's Eric Allen and Eric Coleman. Welcome to Inside Welcome the Jets. We're broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports, Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. Uh, also, I want to thank Kyrie back in New York City who's handling the controls at ESPN. Justin here in Florham Park. Noah and Charles representing Jets 360. But, E, the Jets have hit the midway point with a 1-7 in seven mark. So much positivity heading into the 2019 season, but the wins just haven't been there through half of the campaign now, eight games to go. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it was a promising looking into the, uh, you know, in the offseason, looking into the season. You, you know, you and I talked about it. We expected seven to ten wins. You know, we expected to compete for the wild card spot, uh, barring injuries. Mm -hmm. But injuries have plagued this team. Uh, that's been a part of it. You know, performance has been the other part. You know, you know, the, the stars haven't been playing consistent, consistently good football. And that's what you need if you're going to have a good football team. You need the, the, the first round picks, the free agents. You need them to be contributing. You need them to be uh, playing solid Pro Bowl level football. And the Jets aren't getting that out of the, the top players and inconsistent in the middle as well. Yeah, and you can't make excuses because every team in the National Football League does face the injury bug from time to time. But, again, you go out in free agency, you sign C.J. Mosley because he's going to be a culture changer and he's going to be the d dynamic playmaker. And he has played less than two games for you defensively. Your offensive quarterback, of course, the second-year player out of USC, Sam Darnold, Goes out with Mono, missed three games, comes back in the lineup, has made five starts, and he's hit a road bump here over the last three games. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a combination of, of guys not playing up to their potential. Uh, it's been, you know, a lot of the, the Jets beating themselves. And, you know, and, you know it's time to, to start correcting those mistakes. You know, stop getting the penalties that cost you a, a big play. Uh, you know, stop putting other teams in position to score and, and, and really perform. You know, the, it's time for the excuses to get out of the door, and it's time for guys to start stepping up to the plate and, and start playing good football like they expect. And why are the Jets in this position? You mentioned before depth. I thought before the season, like you mentioned, that, hey, this club, the way it's constituted, could get anywhere from on the low end seven to maybe ten and challenge for a wild card spot. A lot of positive vibes throughout the summer. And then it started against the Buffalo Bills. This team had a 16-0 lead in the third quarter. Then Mosley goes down, and things kind of unraveled from there. Darnold never felt like himself in that ball game, even though he completed 28-41. And the Bills take home a 17-16 victory. And then from there, the Jets it kind of spiraled away from them Darnold goes out, Trevor Simeon goes out in week two against the Cleveland Browns. You play Luke Falk for a couple starts. Darnold ultimately comes back. He gives you that glimmer of hope against the Dallas Cowboys. But the last three games just hasn't been there for this club. Offensively, they scored actually on opening possessions the last two games. It had 30 games that they had scored on their opening possession, but after, establish, after establish, establishing, I should say, that offensive rhythm early in games, it's going away. It is. It is going away. Uh, and, and they got to find a way to continue that, that success of the first drive 
throughout the game. You know, teams are making adjustments. The Jets have to be able to adjust as well. But, you know, with all these injuries that are happening, uh, all, the, all the big players that are going out, it's opportunities for young guys to develop and get those reps and, and really prove themselves. And there are a couple, couple of young players that are, are really stepping out and, and showing that they deserve to be on this team, that they uh, deserve to be uh, getting big minutes out there on the field getting reps. Um, and, and that's something positive to look at. You know, the, this team, they're, they're, the future is bright if the guys can just stop beating themselves. You know, you, you talk about going into a game. It, it's, it's hard enough in the NFL to win because of the talent level. And sometimes you're going to get beat physically. The guy next across from you might just be bigger. But he might just be better than you. Or he may just make a good play. But to go out there and beat yourself, and not give yourself an opportunity. That's what's disappointing about watching the team when, when they're, the, the mental mistakes, when you see blown coverages, when you see uh, penalties, uh, stopping you, you drives. Mentioned, you mentioned Tampa, you can't do that to, if you're going to win games. Uh, the winless Dolphins, we knew they were a dangerous animal, no pun intended. You go against a team who lost a one-point decision to the Washington Redskins, had a halftime lead at Buffalo, had a halftime lead at Pittsburgh. You knew it was a matter of time before this team was going to get a victory. You were just hoping it didn't come against you. But 10 penalties for 105 yards. We talk about hidden yardage in the National Football League. You can't have 105 yards marked off against you, no matter who you're playing. No, you can't. I mean, and a lot of those penalties came after great plays. You know, offensively, you get a, you, you know, get a great play uh, where a running back may spring loose for a 17-yard game. It's coming back for holding. You know, that not only stops the momentum, it stops that drive. But, you know, if that play would have stood, maybe you would have got momentum. You never know. Uh, you know, I always say there's three or four plays in the game that determine the outcome of the game. If you make a big play and, and take that momentum and continue to build off it, the game could be a completely different game. The Jets may have scored a touchdown or, or something may have happened where, where things are different, but you don't give yourself a chance like that if you keep shooting yourself in the foot. But you played in the National Football League. You were on playoff teams. How do you change that mindset? Because on the sideline, the Jets are in control early. They go down mm -hmm. the field, 7 nothing. Quinn Williams, the number three overall selection out of Alabama, picks up the first professional full sack. Go three and out. Get the ball back. You're right in position. You're inside the 30-yard line in scoring territory. Holding penalty. Two plays later, a sack. Play later, missed field goal. Instead of 14-0 or 10-0, 7-0. But you still got to be sitting there on the sidelines and say, hey, guys, we're going to be fine. But instead, they couldn't handle the adversity against Miami. Ryan Fitzpatrick took that game over. Yeah, I mean, you know, a, a great way to handle adversity is to look around. You know, look at the man next to you. You know, you're, you're not just doing it for yourself. Maybe things aren't going well, but you know what? I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to make sure I'm focused. I'm going to make sure I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to make sure I give it 100% effort on this play for you. You know, for the man next to me, you know, he's dependent on me. He has his family dependent on me. And, and if the team looks at that, looks at each other like that and has trust in one another and everybody gives their all, you'll stop making those mistakes and stop being selfish and having those selfish penalties and hurting the team. What do you think defensively right now? Uh, again, for second consecutive week, we saw a team, first it was Jacksonville the previous week, go 50%. Jacksonville was 50% on third downs before they knelt on the ball late when the game was over. The Dolphins converted 50% of the time on third downs as well. We know the Jets have been relatively strong against the run all year. They got to Ryan Fitzpatrick four times in all, but Fitzpatrick 
had a lot of success on the outside with Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. And Mike Gesicki got free a lot. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's winning one-on-one matchups. You know, on the perimeter as a defense, I have to challenge that receiver. When it's third down and five, third down and seven, Listen, they're not going to be running go routes. Make them throw a deep route. That's a, that's a more difficult ball to complete. The, the outside fade, it's tough for a quarterback to, to complete that. Challenge every other route. How about let's not give up a, a five-yard cushion on a third down and five? Mm. You know, tighten up that coverage. Challenge those receivers. Uh, fight for everything. Make them, you know, make it a fight. You know, let somebody beat you. Don't, beat your, don't get yourself beat by your alignment or by your, your playing soft and playing off coverage, and they just continue to just dink and dunk and convert third downs down the field and continue drives. You have to, at some point in time, have some pride and challenge those receivers. Sometimes a receiver is just going to make a play on you. Parker made that. Fantastic, oh, that was amazing. Fantastic one-handed reception on Nate Harrison in the end zone. But um, one of those plays, there seemed to be a miscommunication in a defensive backfield mm-hmm. between Daryl Roberts and safety Jamal Adams. Yeah, I mean, they, they, were, they were on the 12-yard line. Mm-hmm. Miami was on the 12. That's where in a, a Tampa 2 defense, we call it red two down in the red zone uh, a lot of teams play that defense uh, the the corner is playing uh, the flat routes the linebackers are playing underneath the middle linebackers closing the middle is, is technically a three deep with two safeties high with the middle linebacker closing the middle of the field and you know for whatever reason jamal thought he saw something there was a, a flat route by the running back he got a little curious got out of his post and they ran a post right there right where jamal would have been if he would have stayed disciplined and stayed in his assignment that would have been an interception, or Ryan Fitzpatrick never throws it into the sack. Yeah. But that's what, that's what happens when, when guys start, start pressing. You want to make a play for your team. You want to do extra. You don't have to do extra. Just do your job. Do it to your best of your ability and play within the scheme of the, of the offense or the defense, and you get off the field, and, and that didn't happen. Okay, so we talked about depth. We have continued to talk about depth all year, and the Jets are going to have to add to that. Not only this offseason, but in the offseasons after that. Joe Douglas has a lot of work on his hands. Offensive line, though, has been shuffled throughout the year. Yesterday, Jonathan Harrison played center. There's a rookie at left tackle in Chuma Adoga. Kelvin Beecham hopefully is back this week against the Crosstown Giants. Sunday at MetLife Stadium, we'll talk about that game later. Uh, Brandon Shell back at right tackle. Brian Winters at right guard. And then Alex Lewis is your left guard because, remember, you started this season with Kelechi Osemele, who you thought was going to be your left guard. So it seems like there's been a different lineup each and every week. What is happening between the line and the young quarterback right now? Two plays in the fourth quarter. Let's go over them. The sack where the Jets are within the shadow of their own end zone. Miami's disguised him well. The corner comes over from Darnold's right. After, it sure looked like the line shifted protection left. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's, that's a great scheme by Miami. You know, Brian Flores isn't in this position as head coach of the Miami Dolphins for no reason. He, he did a great job in New England, uh, scheming different teams. And, and he knows as a defense, there's a certain, there's certain timing that the call has to be made. Now, speak, the speaking line. of timing, I gotta, I'm going to cut you off. Right, We're going to come right back with Jets wide receiver Vincent Smith. And we have a lot of coverage stuff to get to with our guy Eric Coleman. 
Field and the shotgun bunch set right. Takes the snap, drops back, looks right, throws right. Canarius Thomas, easy catch for a first down. A little pick play works to perfection. He runs right inside the 25, inside the 20, and out of bounds at the Dolphin 18-yard line. Nick Needham bumped him out. Inside the Jets is presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Eric Allen and Eric Coleman here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Our player guest segment is presented by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Without further ado, let's bring in Jets wide receiver Vincent Smith. Vincent, sometimes when you need a play, somebody's got to step up, and you did yesterday. Miami had total control of that ball game at 21 to 7 right before the end of the first half. And there you go. You're deep, 78 yards, almost to the house. Yeah. Can you take us through the return? Uh, yeah. Uh, the kickoff they had before, they had kicked it to my side, deep into the end zone. So I was kind of alert for it coming into that play that they probably tried to pooch it to my side. So I saw the angle of the ball. And, you know, really, if it was in the end zone, I'd have let it go. But it was close. So. Caught it, took off, um, read the coverage, and broke a couple of tackles and tried to beat him up the sideline. I wish I would have kept my feet in. Man, you ran through that little attempted tackle. Yeah. A little, little cornerback tried to take out your legs. I think guys get used to, I guess, smaller return men where they can just get a shot on them and knock them down. But you, you were strong, had to, kept your legs going. That was a huge play, man. How'd that feel? Oh, it felt great. Um, you know, any play you can make in a game, it just makes you feel more established, makes you feel like you can go make more. Inside the Jets is supported by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Uh, Vincent, so earlier on in the game, Ty Montgomery's back deep because you guys have Trenton Cannon on injury reserve right now. He gets banged up a little bit. I saw you line up on that first kickoff return a little bit to his right, and he was deep. How was it different on that return? Uh, it was actually exactly the same. Um, I'm the, we're both deep, but I play a little bit up. He's the main return guy to the right, so I'll play off of him. And like I said, they kicked that one over my head, so I, I was expecting them to kick it to my side again and you know, I had to make them pay. What did Brant Boyer say to you, the uh, Jets special teams coordinator, when he came over to the sideline? Oh, he said, great job, you know, way to get us back in the game, good run, strong, you know, all the stuff he likes to see. Now, Vincent, you went to a small school, Limestone College, uh, but you, you played some big-time football, you know, going to the Houston Texans, being coached by guys like Andre Johnson, uh, now coming to the Jets, Heinz Ward, Sean Jefferson. What is that like? What has that been like learning from those guys who have so much experience from, from their playing years? Uh, it's a lot to take in, but it's great because I feel like I have such a high ceiling from where I've come from. And, you know, just to see them see what they see in me, and it makes me more confident to go put it out there on the field. What's this year been like for you? Because you started in Houston with the Texans on their practice squad, and the Jets signed you late September, I believe, the 23rd. Uh, it's, it's been crazy, you know, and a <laughs> lot of changeover. But, you know, it just helps you grow. I think um, it's another way to further my career and become the player I want to be. Have you had that moment? You know, I mean, obviously, I hate to keep going back, and I'm not trying to disrespect your school, but coming from a small school yeah. and then coming to the NFL, was there a moment where you, I mean, obviously you were nervous probably coming into your first training camp, like, man, can I play against these guys? Was there a moment when you were like, oh, this is it? You yeah. know what I mean? I'm just, all I have to do is go out here and show my talents. Was there a moment for, that, uh, for, uh, like that for you? Uh, yeah, I'll say uh, even before I even was picked up undrafted going into the pro day at South Carolina and, 
having a really good pro day and proving that I can, you know, just compete with guys coming from that level. You know, that was a question. Is he as fast as he think we are? Can he move as well? Is he as big as we think he are? And, you know, comparing him to those guys just in the pro day and then having that momentum throwing me. And that's why I think I was like, okay, I can do this. Awesome. Did you have any kickoff return duties in Houston at all, even going back to practice? Uh, yeah. Uh, last season I didn't. Well, I was back up, and then this preseason I had it. And I had, a, I think I had a almost, I think a 38, almost 50-yard return. So that's one of the things I was looking to try to take over in Houston. So I'm glad I can kind of bring it here. This is big for you. Now, earlier on this season, I believe it was week five against the Philadelphia Eagles, the Jets get on the board by calling your number. Can you take us through that end around? <laughs> um, you know, they call my formation, the uh, formation I'm in go line up and, you know, Sam calls a play and Ty's talking to me. He's like, oh, you know, you just secure the ball, get around the corner. I'm sure you'll score, you know. They were like, no. <laughs> That's exactly how it happened. That was probably the easiest touchdown I've scored. It, it was a great uh, play call in that area. Uh, a sudden change. Um, and, and that's exactly what you did yesterday. You, you needed a momentum play. You gave it. That fouled a turnover takeaway on special teams. Um, Eagles pursuing everybody. The whole stadium was pursuing this way. Yeah. Here, you're coming that way. But that was one of the fastest runs in the National Football League this season in terms of getting in the end zone. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I, I was surprised. You know, I, I felt like I got up to a good speed, but I, I didn't think I hit my top speed on that run. So You're one of these guys, I think, who runs gracefully. You don't know how fast you're going because you are a tall guy. You're about 6'3", a yeah. long, long strider. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, I think I, I look up a lot to uh, Usain Bolt. And, you know, he's a big, fast guy. So I used to run track and love it. And that's one of the guys to look up to in terms of running. And, and being that big receiver, being six foot three, what, what are some things that you had to work on, uh, you know, being that big, that, that, having that big size? Because I know, you know, as a defensive back with the big receivers, that's a big target to get their, your hands on them and, and press coverage. Uh, what are some things that you had to work on and continue to work on as a wide receiver? Uh, I would say just uh, getting my shoulders lower on the line, playing more with my hands. Uh, you know, since I can run, a lot of times I just want to give a move and take off instead i got to take more time at the line, get him off his spot, kind of spend more time there and getting comfortable with doing that. How much is DT, Demarius Thomas, helping you out? Because he was in Houston with you. Yeah. And now you come over to the Jets, and there he is in that wide receiver room. Uh, he's a big help. He's, he's the reason I came over to the Jets, you know, when they were um, scouting my film. They asked him about me. He's like, yeah, bring him in. <laughs> he, he's going to be big. And like I said, he helped me out in Houston. I helped him a little bit, you know, with the plays, and he helped me with everything else. Uh, you know, just things like just being a professional on and off the field, he's helped out a lot. How would you describe the way he goes about his leadership style? Because like you mentioned, guy's been in the National Football League for a long time, an awfully pr productive receiver. Yeah, uh, he's one of the guys I like to say that takes the game very seriously. You know, you know, some guys, some older guys in the league, you know, they kind of like chill, relax, you know, I've done my job. But he, he takes it very seriously. You know, he, he's in the building a long time, takes care of his body. Like I said, he's a real professional, and that's what things I like to learn from him. And they always talk about the bonds in, in different re position groups. You know, offensive line is supposed to be have all this chemistry, defensive backs. What is it like in the wide receiver room? And, what, and how, how important is it for you all to be on the same page and have that bond? Uh, all of us have a really different skill set for the most part in the receiver room. I think all of us can, like, do our jobs and know what our job is. 
And I think we all respect that a lot. You know, we, we want to get the ball spread around more and we all want more touches, of course. But, you know, we all respect each other and their jobs and we want to see each other be successful. How different is this offensive system than what you were playing in with the Texans for a couple seasons? And in, term of, in terms of terminology, how difficult is that to pick it up on the run? Because you're coming here with your backpack on on September 23rd, and they're yeah. saying, come on, Vincent. <laughs> uh, there's some things that are exactly the same, and a lot of it is different. So, you know, some things work the same, like formations, they're exact same names. Some players are exact same names. All playbooks have that. But for the most part, it's different. You know, how they run routes is different. Um, how you think of things and do things is, is different. So, Vincent, what is it going to take uh, for the Jets to turn things around, to start ending games with, with victories and, instead of disappointing losses? Is it going to take, you know, what, in your opinion, what do you, what do you think it's going to take? Uh, just attention to detail, not being ourselves in critical moments. Uh, I think that's something we did the past two weeks is beat ourselves in critical moments. Uh, but attention to detail, uh, we practice very hard. I think uh, we just need to get some more of these situations in our practice and kind of focus down on that. We talked about the skill set. Uh, we talked about the system before. Why do you think you're a good fit in terms of your skill set? And hopefully moving forward, you continue to see yourself uh, have an evolution in this offense. Uh, I, th I think I'm a good fit just because I'm learning from guys like DT, and even Robbie, you know, Crowder, you know, learning to play, just trying to pick up the playbook um, so we can move faster, uh, at least while I'm on the field. They can move pretty fast when they're on the field, but move faster when I'm on the field. Uh, the, the routes, you know, they're not too hard. You know, you just got to get good repetition. So it's second nature. I think I can do that very well and take it to the next level. And how, how hard is it coming in, you know, not having an offseason with this team and then, you know, being thrown into the lineup? Are, are you trying to find time with Sam to be like, yo, you know, I'm still here. You know, I mean, let me know. You, you know, we can have a bond, too. I mean, like, what is that like gaining that, that chemistry with your quarterback? Uh, I think it's more than just gaining chemistry with him. It's gaining chemistry with him, receivers coach, uh, OC, head coach, you know, just because I, I didn't have that time in you know, preseason and uh, training camp, you know, to kind of build and show them everything I can do and that, okay, I know this play like the back of my hand. I think that's the hardest part, you know, but weeks as weeks go, it, it'll build. You just mentioned your wide receiver coach, Sean Jefferson. He really gets after you guys, a fiery, passionate soul. And then you also have one of the most productive receivers in the history of the National Football League in Heinz Ward helping you out. How have those guys went about coaching you up? Uh, they they love our room. They take care of our room. Uh, like I said, they're both very keen on attention to detail. I mean, you can make a big play, but, you know, they'll let you know, okay, you know, you got to get another yard on this or, you know, you got to do this. And then sometimes, like, it's, it's a great play. It's nothing, you know, it's, it, this might be how it's supposed to be done, but you're just playing football, and that's what they love. They love to see us getting after it and, and, and you know, just playing hard. Did you know you, – you, you're a young dude. Did you know about Heinz? Oh, yeah. You, you, you watch him growing up a little bit? Definitely. I love watching Heinz. Yeah, uh, because he, he played with an edge. And yeah. th that's the way Sean coaches as well, a former – I believe he's an undrafted free agent who made uh, everything uh, out of his opportunities in the National Football League. Yeah. And his son's doing very well oh, yeah. at the University of Florida. Van Jefferson, he's going to be playing on Sundays too oh, yeah, pretty definitely. soon. <laughs> Does he talk to you guys about him at all? Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> he, he loves his son. You know, he'll be like, oh, yeah, my son's a beast. <laughs> he had a great week. <laughs>
I know he's coached up. I, I played with Sean Jefferson when I was in Detroit. He was a wide receivers coach, and, and he was very intense. He was hard on guys like Calvin Johnson, yeah. Nate Burleson, and those, they were at the top of their games. And, you know, that's one thing about Coach Jefferson. He's not going to let you slack off. He's, he's going to ask for the best of you, yeah. you know, every single practice, and that's only going to make you a better player. Yeah. Well, Vincent, we thank you so much uh, for coming on and continued success to you. You're off to a good start with your new club. And uh, listen, man, you can run like the wind, so keep on getting that ball in your hands and making things happen. And you are listening to Inside the Jets on ESPN New York. Donald takes the snap, drops back, looks right, floats one in the end zone, wide open. Jamison Crowder, Crowder's got a catch for the touchdown, and there is a flag down in the offensive backfield. Personal foul. Inside Jets, we are broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Remember, Jets fans, you can stream inside the Jets live through the Jets app presented by M&T Bank. Go to the App Store or Google Play now and search official New York Jets. Well, we started this show talking about opportunities for young players, and our last guest, Vincent Smith, is a prime example of that. He's an interesting I don't want to call him a project because this is his second year in the National Football League, but he's got a lot of tools that you like. And let's see if the Jets can continue to mold him and also give him more opportunities because he's big, he can fly, he's smart, and I think he's got a good future ahead of him. Yeah, he does. He has all the tools that you can ask for in a wide receiver, and he's passionate about the game. And they have two great coaches that are really going to help him develop and mold into, you know, a promising receiver. You know, uh, depending on the work that he puts in, there's some great things that can happen from him. You know, a guy who played from a small school, he's getting coached up by Heinz Ward, Sean Jefferson, two guys who have coached and played with some of the best and been some of the best uh, to play the game. So if he can learn from them, learn those ins and outs, Yep. You know, he can have a long career ahead of him. Yeah, Vincent Smith is a 4-3 guy. Mm-hmm. He's 6'3", over 200 pounds. Can't coach speed. No, you can't. And he also can go up and get it with that, with that height. So he is a guy I'm excited to watch down the stretch because every time he makes a play, Adam Gase, who is the Jets head coach but also this team's offensive signal caller, is going to be more apt to get him the football. Yeah, I mean, that's how you get more opportunities. You keep producing. You know, they throw the ball to you one time, you catch it, uh, and pretty soon you start doing that, and they're saying, listen, this guy's consistent. We can trust this guy. He's where he's supposed to be. He makes the catches. Then you start getting more reps, and you be, then you start to gain a role in the offense, and you can become a star. Good chemistry, Eric Coleman, between Sam Darnold and Jameson Crowder. Mm-hmm. I believe Crowder's at 43 receptions, so... If you average that out over the course of 16 games, guy could have 86 receptions. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's on pace to have a great year. And, you know, he's been an impact player since he arrived here in Florham Park in, in the offseason. You know, through training camp, he was a guy that everyone said, listen, you got to keep your eye out on number 82. You know, he, he's a big-time playmaker. And uh, it, it's been great to see Sam have that security blanket, that guy who can move the chains, keep drives going. Uh, he's been trustworthy. He's, he gets open, he, and he's a – physical runner for a wide receiver so i cut you off before at the end of the first segment because we had to go to the uh, break and pay some bills here but the two instances between darnold and the offensive line mm-hmm. that stood out to me were in the fourth quarter there was a sack by a cornerback uh 
They did a great job disguising. You said give Brian yeah. Flores credit, but it looked like the Jets had shifted protection to the left, and then that cornerback came free to the right. So take me through the play. Whose responsibility is it without you – being in the meeting rooms. Well, you know, as a defense, you're always waiting for, for cues. And, and you watch film and you study. You know, for instance, when we play Peyton Manning, yep. we knew that if the clock got under seven, eight seconds, he wasn't able to audible. So you would hold one coverage and show it and, and try to be patient and diligent in that coverage. And once it hit eight seconds, you can roll into the coverage that you were going to initially play because it was too late for him to change everything. And I think what, what the Dolphins did on that play, they loaded the left side of the Jets' offense. They loaded. They showed that they were going that way. So the, the offensive line slid that way. Le'Veon went that way to add the extra That's protection. Right. And then at the last second, they bailed. And a corner came from the right side after Le'Veon had scanned to the left. No one saw him. Sam Darnold didn't even see him. And you, and you have a big play. So – uh, that, that's great scheme by Miami. Should it's somebody a, be, a coaching but, point. But, well, once Le'Veon goes over, should somebody be picking up that corner, or is that responsibility on the quarterback? Well, I mean, it's technically uh, – listen, it was, it was the running back's guy, yeah. I, I would guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? But once he saw that defense loaded uh, – the defense loaded on his left side, they made that adjustment okay. and then snapped the ball. So, yeah, you know, you would like to say, see Sam have awareness and, and know that he's there. But if his eyes are down the field, it's hard to see that, that corner coming. Okay, so the next – Next Jets possession, they're right there in the shadow of their own end zone again. You don't want to be there, but that's a separate story. Mm -hmm. You're in the shotgun. The crowd, even though it was a sparse place, I was there in South Florida on Sunday. It got loud. Mm -hmm. as, as soon as the Dolphins took control, they stayed in it that whole game. But this can't happen either. Jonathan Harrison is snapping the Darnold in the shotgun. Brian Winters is a right guard. He gives him a tap in the derriere to tell him when Darnold is ready for the football. Gives him the tap, snaps the ball. Darnold didn't know what was coming, and he got a safety. <laughs> yeah, you know, in, in, in that instance, the quarterback is trying to figure out. He's trying to find the snitch in the defense. Yeah. So what he's going to do, he's going to make everything look the same, call his cadence, do that leg kick, and make it look like he's about to snap the ball. And now all of a sudden what you see is you start to see that safety drop and the other one go to the middle of the field. And now he's like, okay, now they're in cover one. We can audible to this defense. And I think on that play, Sam was counting for it to be on two. He wanted to give that fake, that fake leg kick, mm -hmm. scan the defense to understand what, you know, what play he wants to put him in, do it again, let them get set, and then you know, have it be on two. But Brian Winters, uh, I, don't know the, I don't know the snap count. I don't know whose fault sure. it was, but Brian Winters saw that leg kick. He signaled to Harrison to snap the ball. The, Darnold's looking at the secondary to see which way they roll, and the ball snapped, and then you have a disaster. So, you know, that's one of those things where in week eight, week nine, you can't have those mistakes, just like the busted coverage on defense. You can't beat yourself. You can't have those, those mental mistakes. Everyone has to be on the same page. You know, that's stuff that you get rid of in, in OTAs, in training camp. Those are those things that you iron out back then, not during week eight, week nine. Well, it's been quite a season, a lot of adversity, and as of right now, while we're taping at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits, Le'Veon Bell was scheduled to get an MRI today on his knee mm. Bell, 25 touches in all for 121 yards against the Dolphins. Is If he was scheduled to miss any amount of time, how big of a loss would that be for the Jets? It would be a huge loss. You know, Le'Veon, listen, he hasn't had the number production. He hasn't been running for 100 yards plus. Uh, but 
he's that he's that one player that you look at every time he gets the ball he's fighting and he's scrapping for any extra yardage that he can get and he's been a a great motivator for for the rest of the team you know he's the best player on the field and he's out here busting his butt through thick and thin has a positive attitude about things the exact guy you want in your locker room right now you know when when adversity strikes when things aren't going your way you look at a guy like Le'Veon to see how he reacts and if he's positive he's still working hard he's still putting in that extra work everyone else is going to follow suit but to have a guy like that possibly be injured it's going to be it's going to be tough on the team you know to miss that leadership to miss that hard work and and that just that that overall confidence that he brings to the team yeah that would be a big time blow you do have capable guys in the backfield that might be more Bilal Powell time Montgomery time I don't want to get ahead of myself here but you know, if you are a Jets fan, you're kind of like, what's happening next? It's been kind of a Murphy's Law season for their team. It has been. You know, and it's unfortunate. You know, the, the best players in the team, a lot of them are, are injured. You know, they've been battling injuries and haven't been up to full speed. And it's not an excuse. It's just a fact. You know, and it happens to a lot of teams where you guys are getting big minutes. They're, they're playing, a lot of, playing a lot of reps. And... Injuries are inevitable in football. Everybody at the end of the year, 100% of the guys out there are hurt. They're playing through some type of pain. So uh, it just, it's unfortunate that these injuries have happened to the team. They've really decimated uh, the team and, and kind of uh, put a stop on everything that you, you work for in the offseason, in the preseason, what you game plan for to have these guys out on the field contributing. All right, we're going to take a break, but then we're going to come back and talk about the Crosstown battle, Jets-Giants at MetLife Stadium Sunday. Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones for the Giants. Giants, of course, playing tonight against the Dallas Cowboys. You are listening to Inside the Jets on ESPN Radio. With Ryan Fitzpatrick, at quarterback, in the shotgun. To his left and Mark Walton and a slot left. Play action, Fitzpatrick. Anders, pressure and he goes down. He had no chance. Quinnen Williams comes untouched off the right side. And he gets his first full solo sack as a new... Jets Rewards members, don't forget to enter the code PASS in your Jets Rewards portal during the show to earn 100 points. That's PASS. Inside the Jets is supported by Selective Insurance. Be uniquely insured. Eric Allen and Eric Coleman here inside Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Come on by. Join us. Get a bite to eat. Have a beverage. We'll be here next week after the Jets and Giants at MetLife. Uh, What do you think about the quarterback matchup? Uh, Most important position in the National Football League, Sam Darnold in his second season, the former Third pick in the draft, and of course, the Giants come back this year after taking Saquon Barkley one spot ahead of Darnold in mm-hmm. 2018. And last April, they take Daniel Jones out of Duke, and a lot of people raised their eyebrows after they took him with the number six pick. But he's had his moments his rookie year. He has. You know, and I like what Daniel Jones has been doing. Of course, he's going to have some inconsistencies because he's young. We've seen that with Sam Darnold. Uh, But, you know, really a a glimpse of the future of the NFL, a a glimpse of New York football. I think both players have a lot to, you know, a lot lot to grow, a lot to learn. And I think that they'll have fantastic careers, and it's going to be something special to see them compete against each other. It's funny because the organizations are always going to be linked, but especially with their futures now because that 2018 draft, 
if the Giants don't go Barkley, mm -hmm. then maybe Darnold's not there at three, and the Jets take him, of course. And the Giants got criticized big time for that, but at the same time, they draft an unbelievable talent in Saquon Barkley, who became the third running back in NFL history, third rookie running back in NFL history, to reach 2,000 yards from scrimmage his first season. Yeah, you know what? It's just a part of the process, and I commend the Giants for, for making that, making that uh, draft pick with Saquon Barkley when everyone said, you don't draft a running back in the first round, you don't draft him in number two. I mean, he's a fantastic player, and he's got a bright future ahead of him, but he's one of those, those foundations uh, for this Giants team moving forward, and I think the Jets are trying to do the same thing with, with Quinnen Williams and Sam Darnold, uh, grow that foundation, have, have those players, those pillars that are always going to be here and making make an impacts for your team. So it, it's exciting that, you know, to see these teams you know, not follow trends, not follow all the, the draft gurus and you right. know, whatever they say and, and bring in players that are going to bring value to the yeah. team. Yeah, so we, talk, we started this show talking about the Jets' failure in drafting, and that's part of the reason they're sitting here at 1-7 and also have depth problems. They have to draft better. We know that. That's why Joe Douglas is in that seat as the general manager. How many draft picks has he made as GM of the New York Jets? Zero. Zero. So we have to give this man a chance to put his stamp on this roster. Another storyline that we'll be following this week, of course, is the big cat is over across town with the Giants, and Douglas made the move. He'll be judged on that in the future. I think it was a wise decision because we talked about it last week. Mm -hmm. If the Jets don't trade Leonard Williams and don't get a pair of draft picks back at this time, then he probably goes in free agency. You get a compensatory pick down the line, but you don't get two draft picks. Yeah, you know, it was a decision that had to be made. Uh, whether you agree with it or not, you know, the Jets, if they're not going to keep Leonard Williams for the future, they have to get something in return, uh, something that they can, they can help them moving forward. And I think for Leonard Williams, I think it's a good thing. You know, it's a, a right across the street, you know, a same stadium, uh, but it's a new environment. I think something new maybe may have been needed for Leonard Williams. And it's going to be exciting to see them play against each other. Uh, you know, of course, he's going to be fired up yeah, to be playing be. against his sure. old team. You know, there's nothing like playing against the, your, your old team. I remember my first time coming down to MetLife and, and playing against the Jets when I was in Atlanta. I was fired up. You couldn't tell me anything. You know, it was like it meant the world to me, you know, to, to, to prove to my old team that, that I should have been here still. I could have been helping your team. So he's going to be motivated, but it's going to be up to the Jets to weather that storm and, and, and counter his but, energy. But another reason why that trade had to happen is – you drafted Quinnen Williams. Mm -hmm. You need this guy to be on the field. And I know he's part of the rotation, and Greg Williams is doing a tremendous job with that defensive line. We can talk, we can talk for a long time about all the contributions they're getting from the young kids up front. But predominantly early on in the season, he was working in that rotation. Now he's going to be a fixture because you had the three guys in the middle where you were looking at Steve McClendon, Leonard Williams, Quinnen Williams. Now you're looking at McClendon, Quinnen Williams, and occasionally he's coming out for a breather. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be exciting to see Quinnen featured, you know, in the middle of that defense with, uh, you know, with all the talent that the Jets' defensive line has. You know, he, he showed some signs of, you know, making some big plays. He had a sack last week. Uh, you know, he, he's very active on that defensive line, and given that opportunity to, to take the lead role and to be that three technique, is going to be exciting because he's, he's one of those players that he's young, 
He's very young, uh, but he's, he's learning and he's growing and he's getting better. And I think it's important for everybody, you know, watching. Listen, he may not be a, a guy who goes out there and gets you 10 sacks. He may not be Aaron Donald from, from year one. Everybody grows differently. And this is a young player that's going to develop into something special. Uh, and the Jets uh, linebackers will have a phenomenal challenge on their hands in Saquon Barkley because we talked about Barkley before. He can run the football. He also can catch it out of the backfield, no doubt about that. And the Jets continue to get tested at the inside linebacker position. C.J. Mosley. We mentioned him. Been out with the groin. He's not going to play this week. Blake Cashman, the rookie, who was impressive in a small sampling here early in his career. He's on injured reserve. Albert McClellan on injured reserve. Um, Neville Hewitt trying to work back in the lineup. So, against and the – And let's not forget Avery Williamson. Avery Williamson. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Avery Williamson. So, so, you're talking about James Burgess and – um, who am I forgetting here? Burgess and Brandon Copeland were your inside linebackers, and Cope is a guy who's been playing outside linebacker for it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> you know, against Miami. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say, like, oh, he's a linebacker. <laughs> he could just put, go in there. But, listen, it's, it's similar to losing your quarterback. You know, he's a quarterback of your defense, that inside linebacker. He, he runs the show. He gets the defensive line adjusted. He makes all the audibles. To not have that player, to not have consistency at that position is going to hurt your defense. And it has hurt the Jets' defense in their run defense, in their pass defense. You need that, that, that steadfast, that, that player in the middle of your defense that's going to set the tone. It, yeah, it's been amazing the number of injuries at that position inside linebacker and uh, a big challenge on their hands in Barkley. Uh, one thing that you'd like to see the Jets get back to here this week is taking the football away. Um, we haven't seen that of late, but the rookie quarterback, Daniel Jones, when he gets himself in trouble, he will turn the football over. Yeah, you know, and that's going to be, uh, you know, the defensive back challenging receivers, applying pressure up front. You know, it, it's, a, it's a team unit, you know what I mean? Everyone has to work together to force turnovers. It's going to take someone hitting Daniel Jones as he throws the football or maybe getting a couple of shots on him and forcing him to rush a pass. And Jamal Adams and company are going to have to start jumping routes and taking some chances within the scheme of the defense. I don't want you leaving guys wide open, but it's time to start taking some chances and getting the ball back to your offense, giving them opportunities to, to create some scores and get up. And, and listen, in about 30 seconds or less, the Jets are 1-7. and seven. But these guys are playing, they're professionals, they're playing for their jobs, they're mm -hmm. playing for next season, they're trying to get on a streak. And does it matter, that crosstown rivalry to the Absolutely players? Absolutely it yeah. matters. <laughs> I mean, you look at the, you know, the Jets playing in New York, whether you're for the Jets or the Giants, the media has a lot to do with you know, uh, the perception of your team. And if you win that crosstown rivalry, you play some good football, you know, while everyone in New York is watching, it definitely means something. We'll be back right here next week for Inside the Jets.